This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Happy football season. Uh, welcome into the Unreasonable Odds podcast presented by DraftKings. Wednesday, September 7th recording, NFL Week 1 edition. Um, you probably saw on, on Twitter, um, you know, I was interviewing other co-hosts. Had Horrible choices. Awful, embarrassing interview with uh, Emerson Lazio, one of our one of our on-air hosts. Um, he didn't cut it. Steve's back. Steve Buchanan, how was your uh, six-month vacation? It was great carrying the uh, company on my back for the past six months, and now I continue to bring the excitement, the knowledge, and just the overall presence of this podcast back for football. Lovely. Um, all right, Steve Buchanan, <laughs> you can find him on Twitter, at SBuchanan24. If you've forgotten or you unfollowed him because he left like thousands of you did, um that's how you can go find them you can find me on twitter at julian edlow you can find the podcast on twitter at unreasonable odd no s because we ran out of room um (laughs) nfl week one we got a lot going on for you um johnny avello back to the podcast uh so we'll be doing odds are with johnny um we got some promos for you and then of course uh we just have some some nfl takes week ones on the board anything else this season that we we want to touch on um we will go there so real quick before we get to odds are a couple of promos from DraftKings Sportsbook um the early win promos Bills versus Rams early win promo opt-in bet the game on DraftKings Sportsbook if your team goes up seven points you cash any point anytime any point want to bet the Rams Bet the Rams, they win the they get the opening kickoff, go down the field, they're up seven nothing three minutes into the game, then they lose the game by 14, you cash. Um all you gotta do is lead by seven at any point in time. And then we got essentially the same promo for you for Sunday. Um that's just the NFL week one early win promo. You gotta lead by 10, but you get the whole Sunday slate to pick from. Um so opt into those two promos on DraftKings Sportsbook, and uh hopefully that helps you cash some some week one tickets. Um, Steve, maybe we can even talk about what games we, we would want to use that on, uh, later in the show, but for now, let's get back into things with odds are welcoming Johnny Avello back into the podcast. All right. As promised, it's been a long time since you've heard that music, but it can mean one and only one thing. It is the return of Mr. Johnny Avello, uh, who we spoke to plenty of times last year, if you're a listener of the podcast, um, to t- give us more looks behind the book, behind DraftKings Sportsbook uh, on the Unreasonable Odds podcast. Johnny, long time no talk. How was your football off season? Jules, Steve, it was great. Unfortunately, football is back and we're back to <laughs> heavy-duty work. Yes. Uh, not that there's any off-season in sports, but uh, we're all back to work on a uh, much more serious basis. 
And uh, that means that you'll have the answers to all of these questions that sports bettors want to know. Let's start right here. These NFL sides and totals, this is what I find most interesting about the, the week one card. This, uh, this board has been out there forever, for months now. So which ones have seen the most movement since, uh, since they opened? Yeah, like a half a year it's been up. <laughs> uh, there were yeah. There were, there were a couple of games that moved because of injuries. Uh, you know, the the Rams opened one and they're now two, and that was related to a Stafford elbow injury, but he'll be out there. So right. that but that one is still holding. Uh, another movement on injury was the Jets sack uh, quarterback Zach Wilson line that went from Ravens uh, a four-point road favorite to seven. Uh, so, uh, you know, Wilson is out as a starter. I just found it out this morning. Enter Joe Flacco. So that line may continue to go yeah. up. Yeah. One other mention on the – on the it wasn't an injury. It was the trade. The uh, the Seattle uh, Bronco game. Seattle opened up four, and now it's all the way on the other side, like uh, nine or something. It's, it's, so that – no, it's not nine. It's no, five. It's Six, Six and, and a half, half last I looked. Yeah, so in that particular game, uh, you know, that's a, that just goes to show you that Russell Wilson's worth five and a half to one side and five and a half to the other, which makes an 11-point move. Uh, but the, the games you're talking about with the movement on the money, that's the Saints, uh, three and a half to five and a half at the Falcons. Browns, three and a half on the road to the Panthers, now one and a half. Uh, Commanders open minus four, now down to two and a half uh, over the Jags. And the Giants plus seven on the road out of Tennessee, now down to plus five and a half. Those were the games where the money actually moved the line. So some of these numbers, like you mentioned, have been up forever. Uh, in the short term, though, what do you think would be some games that could shift by Sunday? You already mentioned that Joe Flacco, officially the starter for that game against Baltimore, his former team, which he has like nine former teams. Uh, but what other teams or what other games do you think could shift as we get closer and closer to Sunday? Yeah, the Raiders at the Chargers, which opened uh, L.A., uh, you know, Minus four, now it's three. That's already dropped to three and a half. That could drop to the key number of minus three. Probably going to drop here in Vegas because I know the books are getting buried with uh, Raider money and Raider future money too. Uh, the Packers at the Vikings, currently the Packs one and a half. I could see that two, two and a half. Bucks uh, at the Cowboys, that could make it to three from two and a half by game time. Um so, you know, for some totals, maybe Eagles, Lions, uh, that'll continue to be bet over. So that'll probably reach 50. Same for the Colts, Texans, over 45 and a half. Um, and then the one that could go low is Jags, Commanders, maybe one, you know, that could go below the 44. That looks like a under game that the Sharps could be on. All right, Johnny, I think you gave us uh, the answer really on three of these, but I just want to make sure and you let me know if there's any other games that are here. But obviously, ton of time to put money down on these games. What are the sides on DK Sportsbook that have taken the most money? I think that's the the Saints one that you let off with. Yeah, I might give you a couple others where, they're, you know, those are the ones that took money and moved the line. The Bills on Thursday night. You know, we're just loaded up, but that's going to be a big betting game, but we're loaded up on the Bills. 
Chiefs at the Cards, Packers at the Vikings, Bucks at the Cowboys. Do you notice the pattern here, Julian? There are good teams, good teams, familiar teams, and year after year, the same teams. So not much has changed for 2022 football season. All right, so let's get to some of the newer markets that have gone up on DraftKings Sportsbook over the past week. Player props. Absolutely love player props. It's some of the best things that you can bet during the football season. Um, anything takes significant money off the jump, and have you seen any big movement on anything as of late? You know, not a lot of movement on the props that are later on in the you know Sunday, Sunday night, Monday, but some of the props that are coming up for – Thursday night football have taken significant money. Uh, the Rams, Allen Robinson, the second over 61 and a half yards. Uh, that's minus 110. Not a lot of movement there, but a lot of money there. Guys, I, I kind of like this. And I know you guys like to break down these props. I kind of like the way that this was handicapped by the, uh, by the betters because you know, Robinson has never really had a quarterback that's thrown him the ball. Now he has one. And so, you know, the betters are looking but looking for something uh, more from him. Now, of course, us bookmakers have also adjusted that line too, uh, you know, based on that. But it does look like a good play to the betters. Uh, the other one is Stefan Diggs, anytime scorer, yeah. plus $1.30. Anytime scorer, anytime during the game. So that's another one that's been grabbing some good money. Johnny Avello has never given out a pick or a play on the Unreasonable Odds podcast, but I want to bookmark that as the closest that he came to acknowledging that something <laughs> might be a good play by saying that he liked how the betters handicapped Allen Robinson. Um, I just got done shooting something for Stadium, a DK Sportsbook uh, segment that we do every week. They said, give me a guy for Thursday night. I said, look at Allen Robinson's yardage. Look at his anytime touchdown score prop, which is at plus 140. He's got a good quarterback that's going to want to make him look good, and he's going against a Buffalo team. No Tredavious White. Got some rookie yep. cornerbacks, that, two rookie cornerbacks there. Bookmark that. Johnny Avello, he gave a little bit of an opinion there, potentially. I um, gave an opinion of the betters. He gave the opinion, <laughs> yes, he gave the opinion of the betters. But you said you liked what I the betters were doing. All I right. like what they're doing. I really do. Now, the guy's been in the league, hey, the guy's been in the league nine years. Uh, you know, and when you look at the guys that have been thrown to him, a lot of the guys are has-beens, right? Uh, the, you know, their careers have been over. Finally, he gets somebody. We'll see if we'll see if that pans out. <laughs> if all happened, but anyway, doomed to fail. Um, <laughs> yeah. All right, <laughs> focus on week one. Obviously, um, some betters might be finishing up their future cards still, though. A little bit of value left on the board here and there. Plenty of it's gone, of course. Some of the some of the win totals, yes, no playoff markets, division winners. Which ones there kind of moved the most or took the most money there? Well, there's no urgency to finish up, guys. You know, we'll we'll have these future win totals up all season long, so there's no reason to finish them up before the season starts, unless you you know week one means something to you, which may. Um, for regular season wins, uh, you know, Philly jumped a half of a win plus the juice uh, started off at nine. Now nine and a half minus minus one fifty-five. So that is one side that has really grabbed a bunch of, bunch of business uh, chargers over 10 wins bills over 11 and a half and Ravens over nine and a half. They've all been plays on the underside. 
Browns under eight and a half, Bucks under 11 and a half, and Falcons under five Ws. Uh, those were all plays on the other side. Um, as far as the divisions are concerned, uh, the Eagles also, that pattern continued uh, in the NFC East. Uh, people have been playing them to, to win that division. Uh, and that is uh, Sharps and Unsophisticated both have put, been playing that side. All right, so let's wrap up NFL with this here. Uh, DraftKings Sportsbook has done an amazing job keeping up almost every game of the of the NFL season on the board for the majority of the summer. So if you're on your yacht and wanted to bet something in week four, you've been able to do that throughout the summer. Um, now, you can always get burned by injuries. A lot of things can happen over that span. But um, for some of these games later in the season, there could be some good value to be had there. Has anything in games week two or beyond uh, already taken some big money or have moved? We actually just heard this morning Zach, uh, Zach Wilson uh, probably not likely to take the field until at least week four or the earliest. So there could be some value in that moving forward. But any games that have stuck out to you so far? Well, first of all, we took all those games down. You have to make adjustments sure. on them, which, you know, has been done. Not really too significant. You know, when we put up all of these games, you would think that there'd be a lot of movement. And there actually hasn't. I mean, they're, the guys did a good job, uh, you know, surveying the entire season. So I, I thought the lines were pretty sharp. Um, couple for week two that moved. The Rams are at home versus the Falcons. Uh, that's now up to 13 from 12. And then the Bills at home versus the Titans, which on paper looks like a good good game, good betting game, that's now seven with some really strong juice. So I think the Bills are going to – it looks to me like the Bills are going to be a team that we're going to have to contend with all year. We're going to have exposure on them. Um, all right, real quick, let's uh, just touch on some college football because we just finished up uh, an insane week one. Um, I did – awful uh i was on the wrong side of every goal line stand uh app state missed two two two-point conversions to to get a game lsu loses a game on a blocked extra point um utah i thought was going to march in there and win the game goal line interception it was absolute madness uh what were some of the biggest winners and losers from college football week one for dk sportsbook yeah uh cincinnati arkansas that was a bad game for the house as well as the North Carolina App State uh, and the Georgia Bulldogs who put a hurting on Oregon. Boy, I guess if there's one team to talk about that looked the best, uh, I think it would have you would have to say that because of the competition they played. Um, Ohio State not covering was a very good game for the house, along with the Utah-Florida, uh, Boise State-Oregon State. Those games were good for us. But overall, just a terrific handle and um, – Good start to the season. Good start to the season for some. Bad season uh, start to the season for others. For somebody who does not really dabble in college football at all, I won my one and only bet that I made. Uh, but for someone who doesn't dabble, I heard you funny bet? about week one. What, what uh, was it? I, you got to tell us what it was first. Uh, it was Arkansas six and a half, I think it was. Oh. I asked sorry. you about it. Remember that? Yeah, of course. You, you did. Like, I, I, you did. I, gave you I, I was on Arkansas as well. He's I only the guy who got the whole nation to move. Now I get it. <laughs> only bet winners. Uh, but what type of reaction in the betting market have you noticed already with week one in the books? It couldn't be better, Steve. Um, you know, the only thing I have to say about college football is that it's great. We love it. But so many games. 
there's more games than I've ever seen before in my <laughs> tenure in the business. You know, between the the normal games, the added games, the FCS, just a, it's just a lot of work for the entire staff. Uh, so, you know, I, I think Sunday's going to be a relaxed day for, <laughs> for our staff after having to deal all these games on a Saturday. Well, you still got to deal with college football week two Saturday first before you deal with NFL week one Sunday. Um, so, yeah, we're just we're just doubling down on the football content uh, at DraftKings now. That is your first installment of this football. First of many of uh, Odds Are with Johnny Avello. Johnny, great to have you back. Thanks for joining us on Unreasonable Odds. Oh, you're welcome, guys. Good seeing you. All right, I want to thank Johnny Avello for joining us. Obviously, football is back in session if we have Johnny Avello here. And actually, probably myself here on the pod. That's when you know that football is back. Let's start getting into some of these games for week one. We're kind of going to go in a little bit of reverse order here. We're going to start with Monday. And if you say, why would you do such a thing? Well, we are a content provider, so we want to try to get as much life out of this podcast as humanly possible. So we're going to start all the way to Monday so we can stay somewhat relevant. If you're looking for some of the other games, you can just kind of fast forward ahead and we'll be talking about those. But we're going to start with the Monday night game, uh, Broncos at Seahawks. When the schedule was first released, I don't think anybody had realized or thought what this game was going to turn into and what we were going to be seeing here. But obviously, Russell Wilson is now the quarterback for the Broncos going against his former team with the Seahawks. As we record this on Wednesday, September 7th, Broncos are favored by six and a half over under of 45. You get the Broncos on the money line at minus 285. If you're brave enough to take the Seahawks, it's at plus 240. I look at this one here. And like, I'm surprised it's, it's just sitting at six and a half. Like I don't give Seattle much of a, of a shot here at all, whether it's Geno Smith, whether it's Drew Locke, whoever they're going to be starting under center to go against Geno Smith's name, the starter. It, okay. That's what I thought. So, I mean, at this rate, like I'm surprised that it's sitting at six and a half. Um, I just, I don't see the path for the Seahawks in this one at all. Like you give Russell Wilson a better offensive line here in Denver, which is not a high bar to clear by the way, because he had absolutely nothing in Seattle. Seattle has zero secondary to begin with. And you think about who Wilson has to deal with, whether it's Sutton, whether it's Judy Sutton's been like his go-to guy during practice and all that. That's been the guy he's been going to. Wilson is somebody who is more than willing to throw the ball deep downfield. Uh, he was fourth in pass attempts of 20 yards or more last season, completed just under 39% of them, over 1,000 yards, nine of his 25 touchdowns. Like, I almost look at this and I go, I might even be looking at, like, an alternate line to back the Broncos because six and a half is nice, but, like, I feel like they should be potentially winning this game by double digits. And this is the first game we're talking about. I'm already looking at maybe an alternate line. But for me, it's like Broncos minus six and a half. That might be one of my favorite plays overall on this board. Uh, but I just I love Denver in this spot. Yeah. So first of all, when we were talking to Johnny, he was talking about how this game crossed over during the trade. I yeah. didn't realize. So the Wilson trade was after the schedule came out. This game yeah. was already on the board as the opener when Russell Wilson was on the Seahawks. Interesting. Um, I didn't know this was randomly assigned to the Monday night game um, without knowing this. Uh, so that's interesting. But I put out two plays in late June 
Um, and one of them was Denver minus four is what I'm on for this game. Um, obviously seen some significant movement. Uh, if there's one week one bet that I buy out of, I might consider some Seattle at plus seven, but only if you've gotten on Denver early. Um, for me, this is extremely reminiscent of Tom Brady's week four return to Foxborough with Tampa Bay, where I think we got up to 95 or 96% of the handle yeah. on Tampa Bay, which was minus three before the season. By the time week four arrived, it was six and a half. And the Patriots covered with ease. And, and um, Antonio Brown did drop a potential touchdown for the cover right? Uh, for the Bucks, But that came down to a kick. New England could have won that game on a game-winning Nick Folk kick that in wind and rain in Foxborough went off the post. Um, this is reminiscent of that in a lot of ways now where the home team can rally, get in a touchdown, try and stick it to Russell Wilson. Problem is last year's Patriots are a lot better than this year's Seahawks. That's what that was. Uh, that said, up. last year's Bucks also a lot better than this year's Broncos in my mind, although Denver should be a pretty good team. Uh, this is one I want under six. If I'm if I'm taking the Broncos side, I'm happy that I have it in pocket. But it's one of those scary games where there might be some path to that home team rallying given given the spot. Uh, I think as a teaser leg now at six and a half, you're probably in the right spot with Denver if you want to match it with a leg from from Sunday. Um, or even the the Rams are becoming a popular teaser leg at home. Get right. them up to eight. Uh, wh whatever you want to do there, but. I've, I very much think Denver does ultimately get there to to win this game, but the spread is getting a little out of control, and I don't, I don't really have many more takes on this game on the on the total or the player props or whatever. But I will say these two teams were two of the best under teams last year. I think Seattle was uh, ten six and one to the under, and Denver was five, uh, twelve and five to the under. But again, now we have a this whole mixing up where Russell Wilson's now the quarterback of the Broncos and things are going to look completely different for both teams. Yeah. Uh, if we take a look at the under here, the um, Denver was 12 and five on the under Seattle was 10, six and one on the under last year. That's how those two teams, um, it, how that shook out there. And then if you're looking at the splits Literally here, exactly too, what I just said. Yeah. We got, that's a very good memory that you have. Uh, looking at the Thank splits you. here, um, which the DraftKings Sportsbook does provide, Julian and I both post on our Twitter accounts too as well. 95% of the handle, 93% of the bets are on Broncos minus six and a half. So that's what you're looking at uh, for this one here. That is the only split, if I have this correct, that has over 90% on both the handle and the bets uh, for week one thus far. So that is obviously one that is heavily, heavily favored at this rate. Um I'm obviously in a different boat here. I, I think the Broncos run away with this one here. I just don't see the path for Seattle here with the lack of offense that they're going to be having. Um, no offensive line to be protecting Geno Smith. Uh, no secondary to to stop anything that Russell Wilson is going to be going through the air. Uh, obviously, the weapons that he had in Seattle were more than competent what he had last year with Tyler Lockett and Metcalf. But obviously, with Th with Sutton, uh, with Jerry Judy, I think I really like that side much, much more here. So I am more than happy to uh, 
back the Broncos here at minus six and a half. And as you mentioned, uh, the teaser leg too as well, getting them down to half a point. Uh, is obviously very appealing too as well, because if you remember from last year, we're a big teaser podcast. We're going to be talking about teasers all throughout the season. Uh, so that obviously is one of the best teaser legs you can use on the board as is right now. Uh, any other closing thoughts on that before we move to the Sunday slate? Let's get to Sunday. Okay. Um, is there any game in particular you wanted to hit on here? Uh, we talked about it with Johnny. Uh, we knew Flacco was basically going to be starting here. Uh, Ravens and Jets here in week one. Ravens still favored by seven on that one there, obviously. Are you surprised that that one really hasn't moved, that it's just been sitting at seven, or do you think that that's a, that's a fair number? I, I'm torn on the number on, on this one. I, I don't have a play on either side. I'm not going to tease Baltimore down uh, to win the game. Um, because it's a Joe Flacco revenge game, you're gonna hear everywhere. I like it though? <laughs> the opening number of four. The opening number of four was too too light. Like I, yeah. I, you can interest me in Baltimore minus four, but at this point, I don't agree in the three point move. Now going from Zach Wilson to Joe Flacco is worth three points. I don't right. like Zach Wilson hasn't proven anything. Zach Wilson can be a negative, and Flacco's at least a, a pro. Um. I would be more scared of Joe Flacco than Zach Wilson at this point in terms of what a number means to a game. So sure. I don't have a bet on this game. I'm not going to bet anything in this game most likely, but I will say I don't agree with the move. I think whatever you think the Jets are with Zach Wilson is what they should be with Joe Flacco. The one game that Joe Flacco started last season, he gave a massive, I think it was like 29% target share to Elijah Moore. Yeah. Um, so that is maybe a guy that you want to keep an eye on for DFS or player prop uh, purposes, but that's about all I got on this game. Okay, so what game do you like on, on this board so far? Um, I have a couple games that I like that we can get to here, but what's like your first inkling when you're looking at this board and a side that you want to take? So my uh, my week one best bets article on DK Playbook did come out uh, you know, about a month ago. And uh, everything that I bet has has moved. And I don't know if I'm going to be adding to my card. So I don't know how helpful that's going to be to you guys right now. But I still want to touch on the games. And hopefully you, you, you know, got in earlier. But they've cr- if there's one that hasn't crossed key numbers, I'll, I'll start here. It's New Orleans at Atlanta. And Johnny said all the money on New Orleans. So you got to be careful. I, I got yep. it at four and a half. Um, it's five and a half. So not as much of a key number cross. And you can still probably get away with it. The Saints are going to be pretty good this year. They have a really good defensive front. If they have any weaknesses, maybe it's in the secondary, but they feel strong enough there that they were able to trade a member of their secondary to the Eagles, right? Uh, so they feel like they have pieces there. Um, and the the overreaction maybe with, you know, no Sean Payton, I, I don't think that's going to matter that much. They've got coaches in position there that have been – there for a long time and and should be able to succeed. Jameis Winston was really good last year before he got hurt. 14 touchdowns to three interceptions. This is a guy that threw 30 picks in Tampa um, in a just a completely different offense. So Winston, look at the weapons. Michael Thomas comes back. You yep. add Jarvis Landry. You draft Chris Olave in the top, whatever, 10, 11, 12 picks, whatever, uh, wherever he wound up going. You still have Smith there as, as a deep threat. Um, ton of weapons and Alvin Kamara, whose name's been in the news, he's still in there on the Falcon side. The defense has been awful for years and they just don't invest there. They use these, these top 10 picks on Drake, London, Kyle Pitts, really good players, but is Marcus Mariota going to be able to get him get him the ball. 
Uh, I, to me, this is the if you're gonna play one square side, I guess on Sunday it's the Saints because I ultimately think that they're gonna be the right side in this one, a road favorite. Yeah, I didn't feel particularly strong about either side in this one here. I mean, I, I think if anything, um, I think the Peyton no longer in the mix for the Saints is actually a good thing for the Saints. I think that can actually uh, is more beneficial for that team in the long run, but not maybe 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 not more so here in Week One against the Falcons. Um, so I didn't really have a strong take <clears throat> on that one um, for a game that I do like a lot. Um, I like the Bengals minus six and a half going against the Steelers. We've got the news that Mitch Trubisky is your starting quarterback for the Steelers in this one here, taking over for obviously the recently retired uh, Ben Roethlisberger, but. But there's one thing that I did like a lot about this game is that uh, the Bengals just absolutely dominated the, the division last year, uh, especially against the spread. They were five and one against the spread against their divisional opponents uh, last year. And then they covered by an average of 10.1 points. That was the highest average, uh, excuse me, the third highest average in all of the national football league last year. And I feel like they, that is just going to continue here uh, in week one. Like if you match up these two teams together, I feel like it's not just like a lean on the Bengals being the better team. I have a strong inkling that this is a much better Bengals team going up against the Steelers in this one here. Um, Obviously we don't really know what we're going to get out of Mitch Trubisky. I feel like we've seen so many different versions of him uh, throughout his career. And obviously the Steelers felt like they saw enough to name him the starter, obviously over the uh, recently drafted Kenny Pickett. But I like the Bengals in this spot here. They're also one of my other uh, teaser legs this week, obviously getting it down a half a point if you're going to do so there. So you could match it up nicely with a couple of other games, whether it's the Chiefs game going up against the Cardinals uh, or even going back to that Monday night game, getting the Broncos down a half a point. Um, Those are obviously the, you know, the more obvious ones here. But I like the Bengals a lot, minus six and a half against the Steelers in week one. Um, that one's, that one's Steelers are pass for me, honestly. Um, and it's probably going to be a pass, but we know what the, we know the Super Bowl hangover. We know the Super Bowl loser is on a terrible ATS skid in week one. Um, once you started mentioning it, I started trying to pull it up. Um, God, I'll find it, but. Maybe Samir can find it. Super Bowl loser, ATS producer Samir. I, I want to say it's like on a 4-18 and 18 streak in the last 22 or something like that. We'll make it 5-18. Um, and 18. Huh? We'll make it 5-18. and 18. Okay. Um, <laughs> the Bengals are the better team, but I do think Mitch Trubisky is an upgrade at quarterback for this team. Um, Anybody's an he- upgrade. Yeah, I think he's going to be better than Roethlisberger was last year. And you add a good weapon in in Pickens, and we'll see what this team we'll see what this team is. Uh, good defensive front going at the Bengals. I know they upgraded the def- uh, the offensive line, but pressure on Burrow is the way to get to him. He right. hurt that knee in the Super Bowl. He had the appendectomy or whatever recently, and just got back to to practicing. Um, I can't dive right back in immediately and start trusting the Bengals last year. But this is coming from a guy that never trusted the Bengals last year and lost on them almost every game in the playoffs until I finally came around and they covered for me in the Super Bowl. I mean, somebody tried to tell you over and over. You just didn't want to listen. Yes. Well, maybe this year I'll be trying trying to tell you over and over to stop betting the Bengals as you kind of try and ride (laughs) on their 2021 coattails uh, into this season. The other one that I bet 
did move across a key number and I can't recommend it anymore, but we'll see. Maybe it comes back to three. I have the Dolphins minus two and a half. Now they're three and a half on DK Sportsbook. Yep. Um, let me see. Samir got the last 10 years. I guess the last 10 years plays a little more into your uh, into your favor. The Super Bowl losers four and six against the spread over the last 10. Oh, but four and 18. I was right. Last 22 seasons. So I guess it's improved lately. If you just go, what have you done for me lately? Four and six last uh, last 10 years. That's better than my four and 18 trend. But four and 18 yep. works more in my favor. And I'm trying to back my argument. Um. Dolphins. I don't like anything that I've seen from the Patriots in in camp. Uh, this new zone blocking scheme has looked awful. The product on the field, a lot of frustration from the players, particularly Mac Jones. And the last one in Vegas, suit up the starters, go up against mostly the backup uh, defense in Vegas. Right. And you mm-hmm. still can do nothing and get smoked by the Raiders early. Bill Belichick's not going to let his team go out there and, uh, you know, leave him out to dry. Like, I think he'll go back to some of what was working last year. And they have these two weeks behind closed doors to kind of go back to that. So that's kind of what I'm afraid of. But also you've been spending most of the time in training camp working on something that now you're not going to use. Now you're probably behind the eight ball because you haven't been focusing your time on what you are going to do on, on opening day in Miami Patriots went Tuesday to Miami to try and adjust to the weather. This is the earliest I've seen an NFL team travel in I can't remember how long. Um, And I don't know if that's a good thing or a a desperate thing by Bill Belichick and the Patriots trying to get down to Miami early. But the Patriots offensive line isn't very good. Miami brings back a lot of a good defense. Rookie head coach, yes, but he's kind of been giving the power to the players. Um, I think Tua getting the ball will find ways to get the ball to Tyreek Hill and, and Jalen Waddle, and the offense will be, you know, advantage offense Miami, advantage defense Miami. But I need this one to be three or better to to wind up coming around and betting it. The other thing that I look at too, like I feel like this game has the potential that when it closes, if it closes at three and a half, that we could be watching this game and we are going to be like. It was only three and a half like that. that that's, you know, like I feel like this has the potential to really blow up in New England's in, in their face, too. And for a team that has been so strong in the secondary for years, that is not the case anymore. Like that is not going to be the case at all. Like I know, like they brought Peppers in and uh, safety, like their safeties are extremely strong. But the rest of the secondary is atrocious. No Malcolm Butler. Obviously, that was one of their offseason moves. He's already out of the picture. So it's like, you know, after Jalen Mills, what's left? Then that's not much. JC Jackson with the uh, um, the Raiders. We'll talk about him in a second because I did want to bring up that Raiders game. But teams are going to be able to throw against the Patriots, and that has been one of their biggest strengths. Now you're starting off the season against Jalen Waddell, against Tyreek Hill. And I know you're going up against Tua, who is not a renowned deep ball thrower by any means. But you can't tell me that the Dolphins haven't been working out ways to get Tyreek Hill speed involved, and that's going to be a huge factor. And it's not like Tyreek Hill is unfamiliar with this Patriots team and beating this Patriots secondary when they were good, let alone for what they have out there now. So massive difference in the Patriots secondary. So I feel like I'm with you. I would be siding with the Dolphins here. Obviously, you, you lost the value at minus two and a half, but like, if the Dolphins beat this Patriots team by over a touchdown, 
would anybody be shocked at this? Were I, I certainly wouldn't. So I look at three and a half, and it's like, yes, you lost the value, but I would be still more than willing to to take them at three and a half. So, uh, for, well, first of all, yes, the Patriots two and seven, I believe, straight up their last nine trips to Miami. Um, Tua is three and zero against the Patriots in his young yeah. uh, career, as 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 poor as some may consider it. What you said, uh, you know, as this game goes on, would you be surprised if the Dolphins kind of run away with it? I want to just add to that. This is a game that I think you should circle to potentially live bet because we're going to know, we're going to be able to tell with the Patriots really early. So the offense has looked bad all throughout preseason, all throughout training camp, according to all reports. Now they go behind closed doors for two weeks. You'll see on their first drive, first two drives, if anything has changed. If they look different, if they're moving the ball, if Mac Jones looks confident, let it be. Then they change something. If Mac Jones is frustrated, if they're getting stuffed, if they're taking sacks, yep. that's probably a good indicator of what the rest of the game is going to look like, given how the Patriots have been in camp. So this is one that I definitely want eyes on early in the game. And within a drive or two for the Patriots – uh, if things looked like they did in the preseason, I don't mind adding, let's say Miami gets a, let's say the Patriots have a three and out, Miami kicks a field goal, and then the Patriots get off the field relatively quickly again in the live numbers, five and a half, six and a half, whatever. Probably willing to go ahead and and, and take that. Uh, I just want to touch on that Raiders-Chargers game like I just mentioned here. Uh, we got news this morning that J.C. Jackson, who obviously just came from the Patriots, likely to be out in week one. That changes a lot for me because obviously that opens up so much more now for this Raiders offense and more importantly for Devontae Adams, who's obviously the shiny new toy that the Raiders are going to be using this year with his buddy Derek Carr. Um, that changed a lot how I thought about this game because – now the Chargers were basically saying, okay, you got to beat us with your, you know, your other receivers, whether it's Waller or Renfro or whatnot, because JC Jackson against Devontae Adams was going to be a really tough matchup. That is not the case anymore. So now I look at this as a plus three and a half for the Raiders, and I'm pretty interested in, in the Raiders at this point now. I know that obviously the Chargers made some huge additions too. Uh, adding Khalil Mack to your defensive line is going to do wonders for any team that you put him on. Um, but I, I kind of like in the right, the Raiders side now, a plus three and a half going against this Chargers team. Uh, I feel like this game should be close. Uh, I don't feel like any, either side is going to be able to dominate effectively the other team, but I like that number of three and a half for the Raiders. I think that really that Jackson move, um, while it may not feel like a game changer overall, I just think that that really unlocks this Raiders offense overall, really gives uh, room to separate for the rest of the field for Adams. So I, I like the Raiders at plus three and a half. I think that's something I'm, I'm really going to be end up uh, end up taking before Sunday. I, if this got to three, I would lean Chargers here, honestly. But I think the play that I've had my eyes on was over 52, and it's now 52 and a half. And the Jackson news helps yep. helps that, obviously. Raiders offensively, I, I do believe in um, with this new, all the new pieces in this offense um, and Josh McDaniels being there. And then on the other side, I think that Herbert and, uh, you know, what he's got there should do a really good job against at home against what's not a great Vegas defense. And you remember the last game of the regular season were these two teams. Will they get a tie and both make the playoffs? Um, no questionable calls on the Chargers sideline because Vegas was ready to run that game out. But that was a barn burner. Um, 
And I think these two teams are in an even better position to score more points this season. So this would be an over for me if I, if I played anything there. Um, just going through the rest of the board, I, I haven't really – those are the three sides that I'm, I'm on for week one. Um, I'm thinking, of, you know, if the Bears team total was 17.5 versus 16.5, Maybe I would be looking at an under there on on a Bears team total. I can't imagine they look good against a 49ers defense, even at home. Um, and then there's just, you know, there's 10 home underdogs, which is really weird for this week one board. A lot of bad teams opening up at home against good teams. There's like, you know, Baltimore minus seven on the road, Indy minus seven on the road, uh, San Fran minus seven on the road. Um, the Chiefs minus six. On There's the got to be the Broncos minus six and a half on the road. So I think, do you have any other game? Because I don't have any other games necessarily that uh, I want to I want to talk about. Um, I'll touch on the Indy Houston game, but should we move to teasers or do you have another game you want to get into? Am I? I kind. I really kind of want to take Minnesota as an underdog against the Packers. I like Minnesota a lot. I'm I like them as a Minnesota is a teaser leg you can get to seven and a half at home the yeah. rams are a teaser leg you can get to plus eight at home there's some good home dogs that you can tease on this week one card like i like i keep going back and forth on the vikings and i'm like maybe it's just too i don't know like i, I haven't convinced myself yet but like when you put these two teams side by side i'm like i feel like i absolutely have to be back in the vikings here like how is this packers offense going to look without adams the first and without MVS through the first couple of weeks, like maybe I mean I, I think this Packers team figures this out as the season goes on. But week one, like like I feel like maybe I'm giving in too much to the Vikings hype that we're getting coming into the season, and that's why I'm kind of leaning the way I am. But like I actually feel like I'm convincing myself that the Vikings are a good play this week. Yeah, I don't mind it. That's the side for me. Vikings are pass. Um... When I look at this game, yeah, I definitely don't want to be. I definitely don't want to take the Packers side. There's no chance I'm doing that. What I like is, you know, going from Zimmer to O'Connell at coach. They're going to pass the ball more, and that's what you do with Justin Jefferson and right. Adam Thielen. And then you can get Dalvin Cook the ball in the passing game, and you can open up more for him running the ball by passing the ball. So I like what I I like what I feel like I expect the Minnesota offense to be. They should be a little bit better defensively, but yeah, you remember. Green Bay, by the way, took a lot of money against the Saints in week one last year. Lost that game in New Orleans like 38-3. to Now, you don't have the cloud hanging over of Aaron Rodgers. Will he or won't he be in camp? Um, So maybe that had something to do with how poor Green Bay came out and looked in week one. But just just something to note, I guess. Um, Let me talk about a couple of player props really quick on, on Sunday. First of all, I think I like Justin Fields at 34 and a half rushing yards playing that over. And I love San Francisco to win this game uh, and play really well defensively. But Fields is a guy, you know, he went over this uh, in a majority of his games last year. He's a guy that you're going to, you know, give a couple designed runs throughout the course of the game to. So, you know, let's say he runs a couple, there's 10 yards or something. But the scrambles, uh, as this kind of goes down down the stretch, San Francisco, terrible offensive line for the Bears. San Fran gets some pressure in there, and Field scrambles out and, and runs, especially you know when you're down maybe 10 points in the fourth quarter or whatever. It leads to more of that. I just think 
at 34 and a half, I'm, I'm looking at fields going over that rushing prop uh, because he has to. No, I'm with you. I'm actually, I was actually eyeing that too myself. I think that's actually a really solid play there. Um, I, I agree with everything that you just said too about designing those plays. Uh, and then obviously this team is a, a seven point underdog in this one. Uh, still not a shy about taking the over on that one. No, I think I like that one a lot. So one other player prop I want to talk about is Jonathan Taylor. Um, and I'm getting some pushback on Twitter because I, you know, I didn't put this out I as a play, it. but I put out tinkering with some same game parlays on DraftKings Sportsbook. Here's something that catches my eye. Colts to win the game. Jonathan Taylor to rush for 75 or more yards. His prop is 94 and a half. Um, and Taylor to reach the end zone gets you over even money at plus 105. Um People have a problem with this because it's three legs and it gets you just over even money. Uh, you can also go a route of this, which is Indy to win the game and Taylor to rush for 100 or more yards, which is plus 130. Now you're at two legs plus 130. Hope that makes you feel better. Um, but looking at this game, Indy won these games last year, uh, 31 to three and 31 nothing. And that was with Carson Wentz at quarterback. Taylor in both games ran for 145 yards and two touchdowns and then 143 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, so then I went back and looked at Jonathan Taylor's game log last year. The Colts went nine and eight. They missed the playoffs. Steve and I know this because we needed them to lose to the Jags in week 18 to miss the playoffs for a bet. Plus money bet on Indian miss playoffs. It came through. Thank you, Jags. <laughs> so in those, in those eight losses, <laughs> in those eight losses that the Colts had last year, Jonathan Taylor was seven and one to the under on his rushing prop. In the nine wins, he had 103 or more yards in each win, obviously including both of those Houston games. I think there's a lot of correlation here. And if you're going to, you know, you can lay the, you can lay seven with Indy if you want. That very well might come through. If you were telling me to bet the game at seven, yep. I'm betting Indy, not Houston. But at plus 130 for Taylor to have, like if, put it this way. If I gave out Jonathan Taylor over 94 and a half yards, minus 120, nobody would bat an eye, correct? I'm playing a no, player prop. Right. So that's minus 120 at 94 and a half yards. You're telling me I can get it six more yards or no, you need 95 to catch that. Five more yards, so 99 and a half but I need the Colts to win the game and it gets it to plus 130. And you're going to tell me that's, right. you got to scrap it. It's the same game parlay. If Taylor goes under this, that's how the Colts have potential to maybe lose this game. If Taylor goes over a hundred yards, Indy's probably going to be in good position to, to win this game. I just see so much correlation. And we're talking about a 50 cent swing in juice. If you want to go over a hundred yards yep. um, and Indy to get the win, it, it's so correlated to me. And the first one that I gave out that's getting all the kickback was included the touchdown. He had four of them in the two games against Houston last year. And that, by the way, wasn't the 94 right. and a half yards. That just was to get to 75 yards to cash that ticket. Push back all you want. I haven't bet it yet, but I think I would rather bet a same game parlay that includes Taylor props than individually bet Taylor's rushing prop. And not only that too, like his longest rush prop is set at 18 and a half at minus 115. Like I, He's gone. He went over that numerous times during the uh, during the season last year too. And talk about a, a team that is not strong against the run. I have 
you know, that would be something that I would also consider. Oh, actually, as I'm sitting here talking, it's now 19 and a half. So uh, somebody was listening. Somebody has bugged my house. Are we li- we're alive now raised now? the line to 19. Apparently, yeah. Somebody already, but literally as I'm sitting here talking, I watched it change to 19 and a half. Samir is the only person that has access to this show right now. So, yep. Yep. So now we got to blame producer Samir, um, who just came back from a lovely vacation, by the way. So thank you for coming back and working, Samir. Um, But yeah, uh, I liked it at 18 and a half. Obviously, 19 and a half is a little bit of a bump there, but just something else if you were looking at player prop wise for Jonathan Taylor um, against this defense, I think that's something that would be in play as well. Um, all right. Anything else on this Sunday board that you want to touch on before we go to the Thursday night opener? Oh, teasers, I guess, unless you have nothing else. I'm good. Okay. I haven't bet a teaser for week one yet. Oh, it's teaser time. Samir says, I don't, we'll see if we can make this a, a segment this year. Teaser time, get some music going or, uh, or whatever. Um, but I haven't bet any teasers for week one. And part of the reason is I'm scared That's a to shame. go with all these road seven point favorites. You got to get two of them to win. Right. <laughs> right. I, I just don't know where to go. Like I would, I would probably rather do a Rams Vikings teaser and get these home dogs up if I'm doing week one. Um, mm. So again, I don't want to, I don't want us to be giving out stuff that we're not betting, but we'll just play the game and give out our favorite teaser. And if it's something you're betting your money on, you can say it. For me, it would probably be Vikings Rams. If not, if I had to go with a favorite in there, it would be Rams with either the Colts or the Bears down to minus one. Um, but I haven't bet one yet. And if I if I do wind up on one, I'll I'll obviously put it out there on Twitter and put it in my best bets article. I think I would end up going um Vikings, obviously, like you said, getting up to seven and a half. And then I might even do Vikings Raiders. I feel like that's that was so you're getting the you Raiders ideally want to get that through ten and a half there, but well, I don't think you're, I, I don't think you're going to get ten and a half. I know. I don't. Think I'm just playing the game where you want to be getting key, all the key numbers if you're going to use the six points, right? Um, just trying to think if there's anything. I, it's funny. I'm actually surprised you didn't mention it, but are you not interested in getting the Chiefs down to? Because they're at six. No, and I really think the Chiefs win that game. But you know that that spread on, I believe, Tuesday morning was still three and a half. And it got three and a half. blown yep. up to six on Tuesday morning yep. leading into week one. So Kansas City got absolutely smashed. Um, I do yep. think that's the right side. And I think Arizona, after that unbelievable start last year, they came apart down the stretch. I think they look a lot worse coming out this year, particularly – without Hopkins for six games. So slow start probably for Arizona, but yep. I don't know if I'm touching that game. I want to be cautious uh, in, in week one. So I, I don't know if I can touch that one, but to be fair too. Oh, so let me ask. So let me put it this way. If it was still three and a half, would you be interested in the Cardinals at nine and a half? Cause ideally if you like it now, cause go ahead. No finish. Because what I was going to say was because you're obviously not teasing the Chiefs at three and a half because then you're going through zero. So if you were going to tease anything in that game, you'd have to be teasing up the Cardinals. Right. So now you're getting the Cardinals up to 12 if you want them. Right. I'm not doing that either because it wouldn't shock me if the Chiefs just blow them out. 
and then you're standing there yeah. looking stupid that none of us have Kansas City minus three and a half uh, from early. <laughs> right? Right. So, yep. Yeah, it's a tough week for teasers. We're gonna ease into we're gonna ease into the teasers here on the Unreasonable Odds podcast. Um, that seems to do it for Sunday, right? We'll get to this Thursday night football opener. Yeah, let's get through this one. Okay. Few takes on this game, I guess. First of all, as Johnny mentioned, uh, all the money in the world is on the Bills. And it does, when you think about it, look like a good Bills spot. They're coming off. They have an awful taste in their mouth from that AFC championship, or not not even AFC championship, just AFC playoff loss at Arrowhead to the Chiefs. Coin flip kind of decided the game. One of the most insane finishes you'll ever see to a football game down the entire stretch. And then you have the Rams, who, older team, a lot of veterans, coming off a Super Bowl win. Stafford dings up the elbow. Uh, you know, maybe a slow start. Emotional ring ceremony to start, da-da-da. Forget all that. I'll tell you when I take the square spots. I'll tell you when I'm going to, you know, fade the public. This is a fade the public spot. Uh, the Ram- I don't think the Rams should be getting points at home here against the Bills. And it's come down from two and a half to two, I guess, with the news that Stafford is okay. But again, this was a pick earlier. The Rams shouldn't be underdogs. They should probably be slight favorites. So this is going to be Rams or pass for me. And then in the prop market, two things jump out. Number one, we talked about it because we all closest we have ever gotten to Johnny Avello backing a play on the Unreasonable Odds podcast. He said he liked the mindset of the betters or agrees with the mindset of the betters, whatever it was. Samir can roll the tape um, on Allen Robinson. I think Allen Robinson's in a really good spot because the Bills, two rookie cornerbacks are now going to be starting. Um, And they looked good in some preseason games, but now you're going to face the Rams and Matt Stafford, Cooper Cup, Allen Robinson combo. I like Allen Robinson over his yardage in the low 60s. And on the flip side, I like Devin Singletary under 12 and a half carries. Now, Singletary's usage was all over the place if you want to look through last season. I'm on his under 750 rushing yards for the season. Uh, I wrote that up over the summer on DK Playbook. I don't know how, I don't know how he, he, you know, first of all, you're going to need the Bills to be ahead, which I don't think for maybe more carries for, for Singletary game script wise. Zach Moss didn't play uh, some games last year, mid-round pick from Utah. Obviously, he hasn't panned out, but when he's in there, he can steal some carries. Didn't play week one last year. But the main reason here, you just drafted a better Singletary in in James Cook, and you used a second-round pick right. on him. You're not going to use a second-round pick on a running back unless you're going to really involve him. James Cook, obviously the younger brother of Dalvin Cook, so some good genes there on the running back from Georgia. Sing. Uh, Eventually, Cook's just going to do what White, uh, what Singletary does, but better. Um, so I don't know if it's going to be in white week one. Maybe you rely on the veteran more. But there's three running backs that are going to play. And even if even if Cook is in there to take five carries in week one, two of them come from from um, yep from Moss. Three of them come from Singletary. That's enough to tick this down. I don't, I don't see Devin Singletary taking 13 or more carries in this opener against the Rams, who have a good defensive front. Yeah, um, you know, the Rams were only underdogs three times last season. They won all three games outright, two of those Good against Tampa, uh, one against the Cardinals. Um, so there's that there. Uh, they were only home underdogs once. That was that game. I uh, was it against that was the, the, ta- that was the regular that season was. Tampa game, I believe. That's right. That's right. Um, so just obviously a good spot to get him there as an underdog this one here. 
And the other thing is too, is that um, that offensive line for the bills might be one of the only real weaknesses. I feel like they have, that's kind of a big question mark for them uh, moving forward. So, and then obviously going up against arguably the top defensive line in all of the NFL against the Rams, I think could create some issues. So I have no problem back in the Rams first and foremost, but if there's one bet I actually really, really like for this game, um, under 10 points in the first quarter, I think is the one that I'm going to be talking in this one here at minus minus 110. Slow start. Yeah, I, I think that's a, that's absolutely viable um, with everything going on in this game. Um, we have the new offensive coordinator for the Bills, Ken Dorsey. This is his first game. Maybe just kind of trying to feel things out a little bit here in the first quarter. Um, but I think both teams are going to be trying like hell to get the pass rush involved because that is the weakness for both quarterbacks. Um, so getting the pressure on both of these quarterbacks early, I would not be surprised about. So t- under 10 points in the first quarter, um, that's, I think, my favorite bet for this game. That's the one I'm definitely going to be taking in this one. I'm, and like I mentioned, I'm also going to be back in the Rams against spread at, at, um, uh, in this one. But I think that is my play there is under 10 points in the first quarter for this game. All right, there we go. Uh, any final week one thoughts before we uh, get this out to the people? Bet responsibly. It's only week one. Fantastic advice. I got smashed in one of college football. Whoops. It was a profitable year last year. We'll get it back to profitable this year. Give me some time. Um, Should have listened to me. Arkansas six and a half. Yeah, the one play I gave you hit. Uh, Okay. (laughs) I asked you about it. (laughs) Um, All right. Samir, I gotta scroll to this thing. You gotta, you gotta send it to me so that I can, so that I can read it. Um, our, our disclaimer here. Oh god, still can't find it. Dead air. Man, he's he's digging around for it too. Oh, so while Julian is trying to find a disclaimer, um, yes, make sure you bet responsibly. And we're that's pretty much the disclaimer. disclaimer. Odds and lines are subject subject to change. If you know anyone that has a gambling problem, call one eight hundred Gambler. There you go. That's all we had to say. Um, All right. It's almost what I said, word for word. That's week one of Unreasonable Odds. We're only coming to you once this week because we don't really have anything to to recap. We're just giving out uh, some week one stuff. Um, I will say Tuesdays and Thursdays moving forward. Tuesdays, obviously, hoping to have Johnny Avello to recap the prior week. And Thursdays, we'll be coming to you each week with a guest to uh, dish out some plays for that upcoming week of football. And hopefully we'll sprinkle in some college football throughout the process, whether it's, you know, college football special podcasts or just adding five or 10 minutes onto one of these episodes um, to get some CFB in there. But that'll do it for us on week one of Unreasonable Odds for Steve Buchanan, for Julian Edlow. We will talk to you after week one and preview some week two. Good luck with those bets.